You're listening to a sermon preached at Cross and Crown in Melbourne. We believe that God speaks through the Bible and he calls us to preach the word in season and out of season. We pray that as you listen, you'll be strengthened to know, love and live for Jesus. Hi everyone, Uh, my name is Jeremy and this is Ruth, she's my wife. Um, if you haven't met us before, that's our names. Um, we are incredibly, we feel incredibly honoured and privileged to be asked to present what we're going to present today to you guys. Um, I think it is probably important to know. I think similar to <coughs> what Dev said, um, we are by no means dating gurus either. Um, I guess. We ended up married, so that's a good thing. Our 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 dating ended up that way. But I, I've dated in the past where um, they also they didn't end in marriage. Um, so um, I've I've successfully discerned dating a few times. Um, Ruth, I, I I happen to be Ruth's first uh, boyfriend. Um, so um. I think similar, we just want to say every, everything's kind of on a spectrum. Uh, the things that we learn won't always apply to everyone in everyone's individual contexts. Um, and we're not, we're not up here saying this, do this. Um, there are some things that we'll say this, do this. Um, but it's not because we thought of it. Um, it's because it, it's actually pretty pro- clear in uh, God's word. Um, but, um, oh, yes. Uh, as for introduction-wise, um, I'm currently serving as one of the lay elders of Cross and Crown, um, and I'm also co-leading the Mont Albert BLT with Isabel. Isabel's somewhere. Hello. <laughs> oh. Yeah, um, so I attend the Mont Albert BLT and um, serve sort of overseeing the music band, and together we serve on the uh, one of the bands together um, on Sundays. So. Yeah, yeah, script. Okay, so we've been up. Kind of said that anyway. Um, Everyone's situation is different. The way we approach dating, uh, we don't want you to feel the way we approach dating exactly the way you should too. Um, But obviously, there are some things that are black and white biblically. Um, But we are not the ultimate model for dating. Um, So let's get right into it. (laughs) Yeah, we. So. Full disclosure, we, this is a, <laughs> our first time running through this, actually, um, but it's just because life is busy. Um, we're basically going to take you on a whirlwind tour of how we dated, um, so that includes meeting, dating, and then in, well, sort of engaging. Um, thankfully, a lot of what we're going to cover, Dev's pretty much already covered, which we were very thankful because I guess it, <laughs> um, what's the word? So we'll just want to highlight um, some things that we learned or found helpful along the way, and hopefully that might help you guys to put some things in context as well. Okay? So uh, phase one, pre-dating. Ruth and I met in September 2017, uh, and as we were both undertaking an internship with a parachurch organization together, uh, I would say we barely noticed each other. and since Ruth was com- busy completing her fourth year of med, uh, she actually wasn't very active in the internship in the first three months. 
Uh, it wasn't until January 2018 where I decided to reach out to her um, via messenger because uh, I was worried she might be feeling a bit left out. Um, and uh, the rest of the interns had grown quite close in that time. Um, and I was like, oh, you know, she's coming back in, in, in January and she might, you know, I don't, I don't want people to feel excluded, so I'll, I'll reach out to her. <coughs> Uh, so I should say, my first impression of Ruth was actually probably not what you're expecting, given that we're now married, but uh, I thought she was your cliche Asian private school med student girl who plays piano, uh, gets top marks, and is just boring. Um, so I wasn't expecting much in reaching out to her other than to make her feel welcome. Um, but then you can imagine my surprise when... Turns out she's pretty great. Um, she wasn't some timid, shy, silent type as I had assumed, um, but was in fact a great conversationalist. It was funny, intelligent, and not just book smart. Um, but then she was also athletic to boot, and I was like, huh, what? That's crazy. So we rapidly became good friends, um, but realistically, I would say I was even more rapidly falling for her. Yeah, so. At the time um, I met Jeremy, I was I was 22. I was pretty comfortably single, um, and I'd never dated before. Uh, I was enjoying a gap year for my med school, and um, yeah, as Jeremy said, was doing an internship uh, alongside him and a few others here today. Um, and I was, I guess, similarly not overly impressed with Jeremy um, during our first <laughs> encounters. So he was quite late to one of his interviews. Um, which also made my interview late, and yeah, you know. But we became friends, and as I got to know him more, I um, even then I still didn't really see him as husband material. But we can talk more about that later. Yes, as you can see, that didn't last. Um, so one thing I want to point out here: physical attraction isn't always immediate. Give it a chance, um, ladies. But specifically from, from my point of view, I, I feel this is just a, my own little thing, but as a tall man, it's not all it's cracked up to be, right? Give, give shorter guys a shot. All right, that, that's, all, that's all I'm going to say on that. <clears throat> anyway, roughly six weeks after that January conversation, with me becoming more and more smitten with each passing day, Ruth and I were hanging out one night and the conversation turned to our friendship and it sounded like she was trying to suss me out. I just want to say, I was only trying to suss him out because he was being sus. So <laughs> we'd, we'd driven home from this event together and he asked to go for a walk after, at night, which is pretty sus, right? So. Okay, <laughs> so... Um, during, the, during the, the, that conversation, I eventually clarified that I was, in fact, developing feelings for her. Um, so, as we said, clarity is key. Make your intentions clear. Uh, Ruth rather bluntly made it clear that she was not interested, which was very much her right, and she owed me nothing. She wouldn't even tell me why, or rather, why not. Um, we promptly ended the night there, and I went home feeling all kinds of dejected. Um, it didn't last long uh, because my dejection kind of became indignance. How dare she reject me? 
I became determined to turn her no into a yes. So we, we remained good friends through that. But, excuse me, over the next four months of hanging out, I discovered more and more about where Ruth stood and why she wouldn't say yes to me. To fill you in on my perspective at the time, um, the main reason I wasn't that keen on Jeremy was because, so back then I didn't really see him as spiritually, spiritually mature enough to sort of lead a relationship or marriage, um, which I think was pretty justified at the time. Um, he'd yeah, really only recently started to take his faith a bit more seriously. Right. Uh, so what do you do if you've just been told that you're not spiritually mature enough? Well, I went, I read sermons, articles, the Bible, whatever I could find to try and find, not necessarily to become more godly, but just to find arguments that I was worth a shot. Um, so one of the most memorable moments was finding an article that argued that a man didn't need to be the more spiritually mature one in the relationship. After all, that would disqualify a lot of great godly women from being able to find a good partner or a newer Christian man from being able to date any of the existing women at church. I presented this trump card to Ruth, and her response was more or less, I agree, still no. <laughs> in any case, in June 2018, roughly uh, six rejections later, I realized that I would need to distance myself from Ruth for my own sake. Friendship wasn't going to be possible for me, um, in the immediate short term, because I was, I was too far gone. Um, so maybe another point here, watch yourself. Uh, try to avoid falling too hard and too fast. I think if you date kind of in the way that um, Deb was mentioning, it's, it, it will be a bit more that way. Um, I think if I'd been a bit more vigilant over my heart earlier, maybe we could have continued being just friends, um, but I didn't. So for a time, Ruth and I barely spoke. Our only interactions were during the internship, which we were still both part of, and were painfully awkward and sad. My goal was to grieve the loss here and move on, uh, but Ruth is going to tell you a bit more about what was happening for her. So um, okay, there was a, lo a lot of things that I had to think through in that time, uh, and I'll take you through some of the key thoughts and I guess, misconceptions that I had to work through in order to move from being like fully no um, to even being willing to enter um, into a dating relationship. Um, before I go there, though, I just wanted to caution against trying to assess what I back then called like spiritual, spiritual maturity. Um, because I think, yeah, thinking in those terms can really um, promote like a prideful and critical heart. Um, so yeah, just a word of caution, I guess. Um, and I do believe it is a good thing to desire a husband who is mature in the faith, um, but it's yeah, really easy to put too much focus on maybe outward measures. Um, so back to the story. Um, in that time when Jeremy and I cut contact, um, I really had to think through the whole process of dating. And back then, I, yeah, I could see that I put a lot of expectation on dating um, and knowing that dating is with marriage in mind. Um, I was very much that person that Dev said, where I wanted the first guy I dated to be the only guy I dated um, and would eventually marry. And because of that, I was pretty reluctant to date anyone who, yeah, wasn't 
already there as like husband material, i.e. Jeremy. Um, but <laughs> yeah, it took me a long time with a lot of good counsel to eventually sort of realize um, that, yeah, we shouldn't hold too tightly to dating. And realistically, the way that I thought about dating back then was pretty unhealthy uh, because essentially what I was doing was um, upon entering a dating relationship, relationship um, I was effectively committing myself to marriage, um, which is, yeah, not right or and not helpful. Um, and, yeah, I read something somewhere. Um, so it's, the quote is by Sam Andriate. Andre, but I don't actually know who that is. Um, but anyway, he says, if you are unable to end a dating relationship, then you should never start one. Um, so I just, yeah, I want to highlight again that dating is not a commitment to marriage. Yeah, that was something we both needed to understand, that a dating relationship doesn't, not ending in marriage hasn't necessarily failed. If dating is discernment, then realising you're not right for each other and calling it quits is in fact the very definition of a successful dating relationship. Yeah, and so with that weight of dating somewhat lifted uh, in my mind, I was able to more readily consider Jeremy, um, whereas beforehand I would have just shut down that option completely. Um, that didn't solve everything, um, though, because I guess when I evaluated him, I still had concerns about um, his maturity and godliness, and there was probably a significant element of my own pride um, that came into play there. Um, but to cut a long, sh long story short, uh, the main things that I came to realise and um, things that other people also helped me to see um, was that, yeah, I didn't deserve someone perfect, uh, number one. And number two, I didn't deserve someone perfect and actually Jeremy's pretty, pretty good. Um, so by that, I mean, I came to value things that I had previously overlooked um, or kind of dismissed. Um, because Jeremy, on his own admission, had only recently started taking his faith seriously. Um, but, yeah, I could see that even in the six months at the time um, that I'd known him, um, yeah, I could see his like, consistency in meditating on God's word um, and his heart, which was humble enough to take and grow from feedback, not, not just from me. Um, yeah, that, they were the things that sort of gave me a bit more confidence to pursue marriage together. Um, and as Adam always says, like, yeah, progress, not perfection. Um, so if you look, if you ask me now what I'd look for in a dating partner, it would be someone who pursues and is growing in godliness, um, not necessarily the one who you might see as the most godly now. Um, but yeah, just someone who genuinely loves God and who um, could help you to do that as well. Um, so to return again to the story, basically, uh, once I'd sorted myself out, uh, a few weeks later, after radio silence, we met up where, where all good chats happen. Um, that, that's Macca's. And I essentially debriefed, debriefed Jeremy on everything. Um, and he confirmed he was still keen. And then we agreed to date. Um, actually, just before we agree to date, I, I should point out, she brought up Macca's. So I, she was like, she very strongly hinted that she was now in a position to accept my proposal of dating. So at, at Macca's, I was like, so if I said now, and she's like, no, 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 no. I'm not going to start dating in a Macca's. <laughs> <And> it, yeah. <laughs> in any case, 
Hallelujah. Now we move to phase two, discerning dating. So part of my chasing Ruth had been, as I mentioned, making my intentions very clear, and that included what I thought would be a realistic timeline, that I wouldn't want to date for longer than two years and would want to be married sooner rather than later. At this point, I was 27. So um, that's just how I was feeling at that point in time. Thankfully, Ruth saw things pretty similarly, and so with both of us agreeing that marriage was a realistic outcome within that shorter time frame, that helped us to agree pretty much off the bat on our timeline. Again, our timeline, not prescriptive. We began dating July 1st, 2018, and agreed to come back together in six months' time simply because after that point, Ruth would be heading into her final year of med, and we would have significantly less time to spend together. So it just made sense. Uh, in that time, we would go hard on the discerning stuff to try and figure out if we were compatible for marriage. And if we were, we'd start planning for it. If we weren't, we'd end things there. Yeah, it sounds a bit intense. Um, probably, maybe, maybe it was. Um, but we had already been friends for, uh, yeah, six months already, um, which I think also made a bit of a difference. Um, Anyway, we caught up with a married couple from my previous church, um, some good friends who I really respected and who effectively agreed to be our mentors. Um, and yeah, as we sort of told them about our plan, um, our very efficient plan, um, <laughs> they sort of gave us some yeah, really helpful advice, um, which was essentially just don't forget to have fun. Um, it was yeah, all well and good for us to do all this discerning and planning and the serious stuff, but um, yeah, there should it also reminded us that there should be plenty of joy and just space to naturally um, get to know each other. Yes. And so with that helpful tidbit under our belts, we dated. We would do fun things like go for dinner, go on picnics. We ate quite a few burgers. Ruth waxed my legs and shaved my head for cancer support and many more things. We also did the serious stuff. So let's take a minute and talk about those boundaries Dev mentioned. Plenty of stuff about dating is gray, but physical boundaries isn't. Any and all sexual activity is prohibited outside of marriage, and as we've already said, dating isn't married. Uh, in 1 Timothy chapter 5, Paul exhorts young single Timothy to go about his ministry in specific ways, um, notably setting an example in purity, and then again lays out ways um, to relate to those around him. Older men as fathers, older women as mothers, younger, brothers, younger men as brothers, younger women as sisters, with all purity. It's not complicated, it's just hard. Um, a suggestion from me, again, just me, but I think it's uh, wise, set your boundaries well and actually give them consequences uh, that those caring for you know about. Boundaries are like speed limits. They don't really work if there's no enforcement. So do it. As Dev said, give some trusted brothers and sisters, uh, both single and married, permission to check in on you uh, because just like with speeding, you don't want the thing that finally stops you to be the fact that someone got seriously hurt. Um, yeah, I guess my take on it as well. Um, yeah, date in a way that doesn't result in shame um, regardless of, I mean, the ideal, right, is um, that regardless of whether or not you get married or break up, you don't, you don't walk away with shame and regret. Um, and until you're married, yeah, your partner could 
be someone else's spouse. Um, that was something that I found helpful to keep in mind. Um, and as Jeremy said, the Bible, I think, does speak with clarity on this issue, um, and it does present marriage as the only legitimate context for sexual relationships. Um, so if, oh, yeah, what, what defines sexual relationships or relations? Um, I just want to offer this question as a test. Um, it's a question which provided remarkable clarity for me um, and helped me realise that I think most of us can instinctively know if something is of a sexual nature or not. Um, so, when you think about relating to your partner, um, one, yeah, consider, could you act in the same way to a family member, like a parent or a child? Um, and if there's a particular way of showing affection to your partner that when you apply that to, say, your mum or your nephew, for example, when the thought makes you really, like, balk, then perhaps it's not right outside the marital context. Um, yeah, boundaries might not be easy, but I, yeah, they, don't, they don't need to be unclear. Yes, uh, friends of dating couples, whether single, married, or dating yourselves, please check in. Uh, as Deb said, don't allow them to isolate themselves from community or, or don't allow yourselves to isolate from community. Uh, it's all too easy for the fear and shame of sin to cause us to step back, um, but dating couples especially fight this impulse. Allow and ask your friends and older mentors to do this for you. And friends and mentors of dating couples, be gentle. Make it comfortable and easy for them to do this. Ultimately, the goal is to point one another to the grace shown to us in Christ. All right, so in those first few months, <laughs> sorry, I'm going to take a different track. Um, in those first few months where we started dating, um, we also made sure that we were getting to know each other seriously and having meaningful conversations about all sorts of things. Um, just one of the things we did, uh, we found <laughs> uh, this article, it's called 36 Questions That Lead to Love. Um, sounds a bit corny, uh, some of the questions are, but I've done it with lots of friends actually, and it's great. Um, it was really helpful, just, you know, different conversational starters, um, and there's lots of great Christian literature out there as well about things that you can think through uh, as you're preparing for marriage, um, but that, yeah, can come a bit further down the track, I guess. Uh, speaking of which, it, it wasn't always easy, uh, one of the lines Ruth used when she was telling me she was ready to give dating a go was something along the lines of, before I wasn't certain about you, so I wasn't willing to date you. Now, I'm just as uncertain about you, but I'm at least willing to give you a shot. So, <clears throat> roughly three months into our dating period, this was actually becoming a bit of a problem. There were steps I wanted to take that she wasn't willing to if it all wasn't going to work out anyway. Um, she was a bit introverted, um, and a lot of the energy that it would take to expend on that, it, I guess she didn't see as worth it. So, uh, whilst dating is not a commitment to marriage, there will inevitably come a moment in each dating relationship where you need to decide whether you will or you won't commit to being married to this person. So, it was for me, I, I guess, roughly three months into our dating relationship um yeah we, we were having a bit of conflict um which i found really hard to work through um without some kind of base commitment level um because 
yeah, for me, it was very much, I very much had this attitude now that I've, you know, come to realize dating doesn't mean any commitment to anything. Um, it was really hard to work through conflict because, like, yeah, just when when it, when things would arise, I would sort of think, you know, oh, am I am I in? Am I out? Like, this is yeah. It was it just it was really tricky. Um, but one thing that Jeremy did ask um, during one of those conflicts um, was something along the lines of, on a scale of one to ten, like how much did I think it would work out, and how much did I want it to work out. Um, and just, yeah, answering those things really helped me to see that actually, like, I did want it to work out and I could reasonably foresee it working out. Um, and, yeah, from there, essentially, all I had to do was kind of commit to that relationship. Um, and then I could sort of approach conflict with a mindset more of working through it together rather than each conflict sort of being something that um, could potentially derail this entire relationship. Yeah, so we had a, a few conflicts uh, in and around that three-month point, which I think was really good in helping us to get a feel of how we do conflict uh, and therefore how we might plan our conflict resolution strategies. Um, so I'm a let's fix it right now kind of guy. Let's talk. Let's get this out of the way so we can just get back to the good stuff. Ruth is a bit more of a I need time to think kind of girl. Uh, and so learning that about each other and figuring out what resolution looks like in that was helpful to start early on. You can imagine, I'm like, let's talk. And she's like, I don't want to talk. And I'm like, but I want to talk. And she's like, but I, don't, I can't talk yet. And yeah. <clears throat> so figuring out that is good. Um, and I'm glad we got a, a head start on that. <clears throat> uh, anyway, after the next couple, after that, the next couple of months were great. We continued to hang out, have fun, grow closer together. And before you know it, it was New Year's Day 2019, six months to the day since we started dating. After a lovely day at Stevenson's Falls, we were seated in this kind of old-fashioned Thai restaurant. And before the food had even come, one of us, uh, neither of us really remembers who it is, but I think it was Ruth, um, said something along the lines of, so, what do you think? We were both in, and so from that moment, rather than just continuing dating, we actually started preparing to get married. Uh, in fact, I like to think of that as the moment we got engaged, rather than the time I slipped the ring on a finger, which was actually five months later. Um, but in that time, that was where we started, okay, well, what is, what is marriage gonna look like? Um, what's our wedding gonna look like? All right, let's start looking for venues, we'll start with this, this, that. Um, so phase three is in engagement, but uh, I think that's pretty much a whole nother session in and of itself. Uh, so we're going to wrap it up there. Uh, we hope this has been enlightening, helpful, or if not those, at the very least, fun. Um, remember, we're not saying the way we did it is the gold standard, or that if you follow exactly what we did, it's the surefire step-by-step guide to getting married. That said, if you would like to know more uh, or hear the story in even more detail, we there's, a, there's like a 90-minute version. Uh, we are always happy to be invited over for dinner. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs>